0: Hi, I'm Sasha Ann Simons, and this is Reset. That is Mozart's Serenade, Eine Kleine Nachtmusik, performed by the Chicago Symphony Orchestra in December. The musicians were masked, and there was no audience. Now, artists from the worlds of dance, theater, opera, classical music, and much more are pushing the Biden administration to help arts workers survive a pandemic that has darkened stages and concert halls. This week, Steve Strawler from Cranes wrote about how the CSO has been able to survive.
1: Chicago Symphony Orchestra has been able to uh, blunt the impact of the uh, lack of ticket sales and the refunds they've had to give out by leaning on their uh, extensive donor base they had a deficit of 4.4 million in the fiscal year ended in June. And, and this current year, which is going to be completely uh, dark in terms of in-person performances, they're planning on shrinking that deficit to 1.4 million. And that's because they have been able to sustain fundraising. They had originally budgeted for a 45% drop Wow. in uh, gifts this year, but uh, you know within seven months of this current fiscal year, they've reached that point already. So one one could presume that with five months remaining in the year, they will uh, raise as much money uh, as they did last year.
0: But most arts organizations aren't as lucky as the CSO. So Chicago playwright and actor Matthew Lee Erlbach is leading a campaign called Be an Art Hero. It's 100 days of art and activism focused on legislation like the Dawn Act, which would provide tens of billions of dollars in grants. Matthew Lee, welcome to Reset.
2: Sasha, thank you so much for having me.
0: Be an Art Hero. It launched on Inauguration Day. Can you tell us more about it?
2: Yeah, well, we actually uh, started our work back in the summer fighting for an extension of FPUC, 100% Cobra Subsidy and PPP. And that work turned into the Dawn Act. And what we have been doing since the inauguration is continuing to build our efforts in educating arts workers across the country and legislators and citizens about the economic impact that our industry has on every single congressional district in the country, where a jobs multiplier The national growth rate is 2.2%, but with arts and culture, it's 4.16%. So, you know, we're talking about the Chicago Symphony Orchestra and the Lyric. Look at the Museum of Science and Industry, Steppenwolf Goodman Broadway in Chicago. These are stars, and they anchor in their orbit a highly interdependent local commercial ecosystem that drives hospitality, tourism, uh, retail, restaurants, you name it. And so if we lose these institutions, we lose all that ancillary business and the arts-related businesses. And so in Illinois, we're looking at $30 billion with 224,000 arts and culture workers. That's a huge economic impact to our state and to our city. It's $3.2 billion just in generated household income. So we want to make sure that we save the arts and culture in our city and our state before it's too late.
0: And I suppose the launch on Inauguration Day was intentional.
2: Yeah, the first 100 days. I mean, we know there's a problem. And so it's about how do you activate and educate and mobilize people who were the first to close, will be the last to reopen. We can't do the thing we do, so we have to fight for it now. And so giving everyone the tools that they need, in order to fight for it, to tell Senators Durbin and Duckworth, hey, you, you have to get behind the DAWN Act. It's going to be good for the state and it's going to be good for the country. So. We're educating people on policy like NAICS codes and SEDS, really boring stuff and making it really exciting. Also talking about the different proposals that are out there, talking about the arts economies in each state, talking about uh, Indigenous and BIPOC and uh, LGBTQ organizations mm-hmm. engaged in arts and culture. We're economic drivers everywhere we go. So, you know, plant a museum, grow a community, essentially, and that's what we're fighting for to keep all that.
0: Now, as part of the Be an Art Hero campaign, Chicago-area artists recorded testimonials about why they believe the effort is so important. Let's take a listen.
1: Dear President-elect. Dear Mr. President and Madam Vice President. The country we hope for is a dream we can realize if bridges are built.
0: After four years of us versus them, I am so ready to talk about the future, about innovation, about opportunity.
1: And what better bridge than a story? and the best natural resource is the people. The
0: creators, the craftsmen, and women, the artisans, performers, vocalists, writers,
2: educators, essential workers. We need a department of arts and
1: culture to ensure the arts are as vibrant and reflective as the nation where we all work, praise, and pay taxes. Invest, invest, invest a new WPA for the arts to heal our torn and wounded country.
0: That was poet Kevin Koval and playwright Idris Goodwin. Does that sound, Matthew Lee, like what you're hearing from your friends and your colleagues that are working in the arts?
2: Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, from from administrators to glass blowers to opera singers to puppeteers, milliners, and museum curators, we're hearing it all over. Publicer, publicists and marketers. I mean, this is. We are – there's 5.1 million arts and culture jobs across the country generating $877 billion nationally, or 4.5 percent of our GDP, more than agriculture and mining combined, $265 billion more than transportation. The fact that we don't have a department – in our government overseeing 4.5% of our GDP is unconscionable. We have to protect the economic power, not to mention the cultural power of what we do. We need a seat at the legislative table to protect and to continue to invest and grow our economy. This is about jobs. This is about labor. There's this idea somehow that what we do is extracurricular and fun, which it Is absolutely, but what we do is labor, and you know, uh, Kevin mentioned uh, arts educators. Then I am only here because of my arts uh, education. Uh, You know, going to school at Rogers and and, uh, Rogers Park and Parkview and Morton Grove and Niles West and Skokie, University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign. The teaching artists and arts educators—they're teaching us social skills and creative skills and how to express ourselves. Um, and how to be people and, and civics, right, be good citizens. But these are also trade programs. A choir, a high school orchestra, a theater program, it's a trade. And if you continue the trade, you become a professional actor, a professional violinist, yeah. uh, an administrator, and so forth. So that rings very true, and we're all on the same page about that for sure.
0: Uh, Matthew Lee, you've pointed out that the arts pumps billions into the Illinois economy, and it supports hundreds of thousands of jobs. And we're not just talking about the people that are in front of the camera right or at the center stage
2: that's the tip of the iceberg and then once you break through the water that iceberg is artistic directors stage managers grips gaffers curators docents pyrotechnicians technicians engineers crew these are jobs that keep your lights on they put food on the table they put your kids through school they pay rent so when you go to a play you have to look at that play as a as a product and that product requires you to engage in it so it requires an audience but that's a small business and if you're lucky that small business lasts a long time and maybe it transfers to another theater transfers to broadway look at a tv show in the same way you know we have a lot of uh, chicago based uh, procedural dramas yeah um, i think chicago pd etc right you know the longer those last that's a job and Let's say that show lasts for 10 years. The, these Dick Wolf shows last a long time. You're employing hundreds of people, and the money that you're making is in multiple markets. It's not just you're providing Chicago jobs, but you also are providing jobs for you know, affiliates around the country. It's, it's a huge business. So, a TV show is not just a TV show, a TV show is a small business. And so, we want to attract and incentivize. All forms of arts and culture in Chicago and Illinois, and, and not just TV and film, by the way, we're, we're talking visual arts and, and in addition to recording arts and cultural spaces as well all over the state. Because if we incentivize that, we're attracting people back to the state. We've had an immigration problem. People are leaving Illinois. We can bring people back to Illinois. We can bring people back to Chicago yeah. and give them a reason to invest. And yeah. so that, that, is a, that is a way to incentivize growth.
0: Matthew, I want to get your reaction to the way that arts employees are treated in another country. So in France, artists whose work has been disrupted by the pandemic, they get direct and consistent support from the government. Here's one of the artists speaking about it recently on NPR's All Things Considered.
2: I'm living inside a society where culture has been given a lot of value. Coming from an American culture, It took a little while to adjust to that. This is something that kind of gives you a little bit of a rhythm where you feel like you can catch your breath and say, "Okay, I actually have the space and the time to continue to be an artist on a daily basis. It's an enormous luxury. It has changed my life.
0: And I can add that the same is true in Canada. Not only have artists and arts groups been directly supported uh, since the start of the pandemic, the federal government boosted the amount as part of Canada's fall economic statement Matthew Lee, this is undoubtedly not how things are working in the United States, safe to say?
2: Yeah, correct. That's that's an understatement. We are not treated that way. And part of our directive right now is to re-educate our legislators and everyone so that we don't have to fight this fight again. We need to be front footed about this. We can't accept pennies incrementally for the NEA and for their agencies when we know that that money is going to places with that the return on investment is great. Every dollar that goes in, I think it's $17 or something that comes back out. So when you're looking at those countries, there's an appreciation for their legacy, the legacy of their arts and culture. We are arts, this is our greatest export hip-hop, blues, jazz, musical theater, Hollywood, yeah. our, our, our culture, our comedy, our culture is what, you know, there's, there's fiscal hard power, but then there's also the soft power of, of our expression. I think that, you know, it's not rich people's job to fund the arts. The government needs to get some skin in the game because yeah. return on investment is so high. We can't rely on boards and donors to continue to fund these institutions. It's not their problem, frankly. The government has got to get involved. This is only good for the country, and that way we can be more representative of whose stories we're able to tell also. This is a holistic solution to a greater cultural and economic problem. So
0: much more we could say on this. We'll have to leave it there. That is Chicago playwright and actor Matthew Lee Earlbach. Matthew, thanks so much for joining us on Reset.
2: Thank you so much, appreciate it.
0: And that's today's reset from the pandemic to the arts, politics to business and people working to make your neighborhood a great place to live. We've got the best mix of conversations for you right here at Reset. Make sure you're subscribed and take 30 seconds to give us a rating and review. It really helps other people find us. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Thanks for listening. We'll meet again tomorrow.